This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the ClassLink Escalator, it's the COSIN Conference. What's up, Eric? Um, the Escalator. So we are in Texas. Did you get it? Did you get that? Yes, <laughs> I got it. Wait, I got that too. What's the... There we go. So we are in Texas. We are at the COSIN Conference. We are in Austin. In Austin, yes. And Eric, you're here. Josh is not. No, Josh. Mark is not. I'm stuck with the intern. (laughs) And all I can think about is barbecue. Yeah, Josh mentioned some barbecue place we're supposed to go to. Yeah. So we'll have to see about that. Is Texas known for its barbecue? Well, I mean, I guess. I I, I have some places that I want to get some barbecue. Okay. Okay. So we are hanging out at the COSYNC conference for the next couple days. Hopefully, we're going to splice together a somewhat decent podcast episode. Uh-huh. I'm trying to... I, I've, I've talked to Sue. She gave me things that I need to make sure I don't say. Oh, yeah. Things that I need to make sure I do say. This is kind of like a temporary uh, reinstatement of yeah. my position it's on the a, podcast. It's a trial run. So I'm hoping I don't screw this thing up. That's why they sent you. Yeah. You kind of... They give you that little piece of paper. I see you, you, yeah. like, you, you keep glancing at it. I keep looking it. over it. Uh, and and we're, we're, we're here. It says things to prevent Chris from saying. Nothing about stupid maps. None of that. No. I will not say that. So they put us where? Where are we at? We're, we're by the registration table. Yeah. By we, the registration table in front of the escalator. We kind of hijacked this table. They weren't sure where we were supposed to go. No. It, it they was, were sure. Yeah, they were sure. But it was one of those, you know, you just pretend you know what you're doing and so grab the table. We grabbed this table and we are set up. So hopefully we're going to get some great interviews. We tried to get this one guy to sit down. I didn't catch his name, but he ran away from yeah, us. He, he said he was too boring, but I told him that's all that the podcast is about. Right. Like Josh's work count. Boring. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it. There it is. All right. So hopefully we have some interviews coming up the pipe. I hope so. Otherwise, it's going to be awkward that we're just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we left Missouri, we came to Texas. Yeah, and you're hanging out with people from Missouri. And then we yeah. find yeah, we... Warnet. <laughs> what are you What are you doing here? Well, first, into, no, that's in, a good question. Yeah, who Who are you, and where did you come from? Okay, my name is Eric Nicholas. I am a Warnet member service advisor. I come from Columbia, Missouri. I think this is my fifth, maybe. Okay, nice. conference over the years. I've never been before. Eric, have you been before? This is my first. This place rocks. Yeah. Unpack that for us. What rocks about it? Well, just the the, the content, the level of conversation. Um, The networking's great, but just so much you learn about what other people are doing. Um, It's so good to, to get out of the state. Um, and, and to hear, there's so many different scenarios. Yep. It's funny. It's all the, it's the same, but it's different. Right. You know, cybersecurity, data privacy, you know, all that's flying around. But to hear how people are dealing with it, they'll hear all sorts of different things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still quoting um, a security session that I went to last year. I went last year with John Riley. We were in Nashville. And... Uh, one of the, so I went to a security session and the guy was saying, you know, if, if your data gets hacked and you're going to pay, why do you want it back? Do you really want it back? Right, right, like, for sure. I don't know how many times I've I've repeated that to other people. Going, you just don't know. Right. You know? This well, is always this good example, too, that we unpack. It doesn't matter if you're a one-person tech department or you're over hundreds of people. No, no. Like, we all have the same tech problems going on. Yes, yes. Yeah, now how you deal with those, you know, that's, that's those, those, I'm really concerned for those one person tech departments. Sure. Sure. Um, They need the help the most, and I wish they'd ask for more help. Mm -hmm. Um, Just seeing how they're set up and what they're dealing with and what they know and what they don't know, you know, not one person knows it all, and if they think they do, I don't want to talk to them. Yeah. 
So we talk about Morna every once in a while on the podcast. Good things. Not enough, though. Keep talking. <laughs> um, but would you unpack what Morna is for someone that's listening in a state that doesn't have a consortium? Uh, and then, I mean, I know that we do have listeners that aren't Mornet members. Sure, sure. Well, now, that's pretty cool because when I talk to people with other that up from other states, they're incredibly jealous that they don't have a Mornet. Yep, yeah. yep, for sure. Um, we are so diverse in what we do from Internet access to cybersecurity assessments to instructional training, integrating technology. Um, there's just so much there. You know? And I, I think one of the places where... I like to say a use us, abuse us. Mm -hmm. um, I know very little, but I know a lot of people who know a lot. Yep. So I make connections to saying, you need to talk to this person, you need to talk to this person, kind of thing. And you know, our, our network consulting is phenomenal. They have seen it all, almost. You know, still haven't seen it all, it keeps changing every day. Um, but uh, I, I think more people need to take advantage of it. I like to say use us, abuse us. Yep. You know, um, that's what we're here for. You know, it's just so nice that, that our only skin in the game is to help the schools. It's not about money. Um, you know, it's, I don't work, there's no commission. I get paid regardless kind of thing. So I, I just try to work to keep the connections going, you know, and I like to tell people, call us first. Yeah. You got nothing to lose. You know, we're only going to help you, you know. And so with the... There's about 525 public school districts in the state, uh, about 400 private schools, um, and so there's 400 different networks out there and who's using what kind of thing. And so one of the things that makes us unique is that we've really touched about everything that's out there. Mm -hmm. And so any of the common problems, our folks have already dealt with it. So I like to tell people, call us first. We might already know the answer. You know, as much as you tech guys love to research and solve your own problems, you don't have time. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say um, a good day for you is that your to-do list isn't any longer than when it started. Hopefully you got to check some stuff off along the way. And we want to help you get that stuff checked off quicker. Right. I always see your organization providing us a lot of value in that respect. And I really wish that more states had uh, organization like you because uh, oh, you guys are, uh, provide us with invaluable resources from internet connection to security assessment, network assessment, those types, those types of things. You know, and one of our challenges is we get siloed by individual organizations that depending on, I'll say, who the main contact is. So if the main contact is the, call it the CIO slash network administrator, they're really focused on that stuff. And so they're not doing a they need to do more to make sure that schools are aware of the educational side of what Mornet is. Mm -hmm. You know, the online resources. We got an online library. I mean it's a comprehensive library, K through graduate school that is at your fingertips kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and so and how schools for the small schools, five hundred dollars a year. How could you not do that? Right. I've got lumps on my head from pounding it against the walls over the years saying, what do you mean you don't have the money or you won't, you know, come on. Yeah. This is phenomenal. And, you know, and it's, it's the teachers are the ones that are less likely to adopt. The students cut them loose, you know. It's the, you know, things I hear is that the, the students are going, well, can we do this? Because we did this over in Mrs. Jones' room. Can I use this over here too? And if the teacher doesn't know it, they all know. Mm -hmm. You know, the teachers need to become more facilitators and help people know how to use and integrate technology. Then we can, you know, they don't have to be the master of the content. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the big challenges overall is 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 just the digital digital literacy. Right. Where's this content coming from? And again, getting back to those online resources in the library. These are all, they're already vetted. You know where you where it's coming from. It's going to be there tomorrow. These are all known sources that are just saying, use me, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And all age levels, you know, the things I hear from teachers, oh, I don't use that in my classroom, but I used it when I was in graduate school. Mm -hmm. I don't use it now. Well, you know. Well, Eric, if I'm a MoreNet member and I want to get more information about anything you talked about, what's the best way to go about doing that? Um, probably www.more.net. 
Okay. Um, check out the website. Lots of stuff is there. Um, we're doing so much now, and things are moving so fast that that I, I can't keep up with all of it off the top of my head. I have to go back to the website. Awesome. You know, one of the, the things that we, you know, for those in Missouri, M66, you know, dun, dun, dun. Yeah kind of thing and and we got a thing for that <laughs> you know and and everything that we're doing to help support that you know right now we've got uh, i believe four edr solutions that we're able to get consortium discounts for um we're doing cybersecurity assessments we can help with the training with uh, the consortium discounts with InfoSec IQ, uh, those are just things you know that now it's it's getting the word out and letting people know what's out there so they can take advantage of it. Awesome kind of thing. And so, you know. well, I'm gonna give you a proper uh, outro. Thanks for hanging out with All us. All right, hey, thank you. <laughs>
you know, CISA and the FBI here tomorrow. They're going to talk to us about a governmental perspective on cybersecurity. But again, it's just that coming together and as as peers and really yeah. being able to spend time together. That's it's, it's really cool. I've had no less than five people tell me within the two hours that we've been here that this is the conference to be at. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, for ed tech professionals. Yeah, it absolutely is. Not Great. a doubt. I've been coming to these. I, I was coming to these before I was on the board, obviously. So I've I've been going for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and this is one I wouldn't miss. So apart from being on the Coastin board. You are a tech director, of course, and you. One of the questions we've been asking is, what's what's on your mind right now in K twelve tech? I am guessing everybody said cybersecurity, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I guess it's a thing. I don't know. I think I've heard about it somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, for me, uh, as as uh, somebody who's in K twelve and really working hard on cybersecurity, I got the CISSP certification. Yeah. I got the CISM certification and, and really try to uh, help K-12 school districts. So, you know, I, in our group in Illinois, but also I uh, worked with CETA um, over this last year with state educational technology leaders to help them mm-hmm. get good perspectives on this. Um, I'm actually moderating the session tomorrow with CISA and with the FBI. So cool. that'll be, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing. Um, it's not the only thing, though, and we really sure. have to think about that because we get so focused on it. But really, at the end of the day, we're here for kids, we're here for teachers, we're here for families, right? So that's we can't lose focus of that. I mean, cybersecurity is a part of that reason, but there's a, there's a lot that yeah. goes to it other than security, right? So I think even in the past two or three years, we and in some way I want to say we lost perspective on why we're here because we've all been working so hard to secure our networks and spending so much time on that but there is the element that we are here for the kids right uh, and for their families yeah uh, so that's that's important that yeah we up. can't we cannot lose focus on that I mean that's everything else we do security um, you know systems having servers networks it's all for for students and families yeah. you know and our staff too yeah so so yeah awesome well, all right. Don. Thanks for hanging out with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'll give you a proper, uh, there we go. go. Thanks a lot, Don. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. So, Eric, the intern, you just pulled someone else off the street. Yes. And then you're, like, pressing buttons on the mixer. (laughs) But she's legit. No handwritten badge. Okay. We found you off the street. We just pulled you in. We don't know why you're here or what you do or anything like that. Would you introduce yourself? Yes. Hello. Well, my name is Eva Mendoza, and I serve as a Chief Information Technology Officer for San Antonio ISD. Awesome. Right down the street, an hour and a half from here. Okay. From Texas. Did you drive in then, I guess? I did drive in. You did not fly? I did not fly. I don't think there's a flight. You saw those little scooters? You (laughs) take a scooter to get here? No scooter, no helicopter. Nope, just my car. (laughs) That was supposed to be my question. I was asking people how they got here. Bike, scooter, running train. Elevator's been the running joke. Yeah. Escalator. Escalator joke. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) what do you do here with Colson? Can you unpack that a little bit? So, I am a new appointed board member. As of three days ago. Awesome. So super Congratulations. Excited. Thank you. Thank oh, wait, 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 wait. We got that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so kind. Um, so newly appointed. Um, they're doing a lot of good work in, in COSIN, and I'm excited to be part of the board and help them get through their new initiatives and help other school districts across the nation. So I'm currently on the Texas chapter COSIN board. Um, did that for two years, and I'll be up in... June. So now I'm rolling off that and rolling on to the national board. Awesome. So excited. That's yeah. great. Yeah. For someone that's new to COSIN or not yet a COSIN member, can you unpack like why we should care about COSIN and not just with the conference, but just COSIN as an overall thing? Yeah, COSIN as an organization just has a wealth of resources, right? They have toolkits, they have one pagers on how to talk to your superintendent and other people who are not technical about very technical things. Then um, the collaboration within all the school districts, small, large, within you know your state, outside your state, it really connects everybody um, and brings them in in this one organization. A lot of the challenges that we have 
are very similar. Um, so there's no need to reinvent the wheel many times. Somebody's hopefully already done it or done something similar and you can just reach out and, and tap somebody and everybody here is like willing to help. Um, you know, we're all in this together. We're all passionate about what we do. You know, we're all here to educate students and make sure they're ready for their future. Um, that's what we're here and, you know, we like yeah. to learn off each other. That's been overwhelming uh, in in this conference in the few hours we've been here. It's just everybody's so kind and willing to help and wanting to talk and that's awesome. Yes. We're going to see that everywhere. They've also been doing a lot of work with diversity, mm -hmm. um, equity and inclusion. Um, so I am the first Hispanic Latino on the Coastal Board ever in 30 years, which is a, That's a, a big, big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a big honor. Um, but just it's very uh, apparent the work they're doing and they're they're moving mountains, man. So yeah. providing there was a really good session today to kick off on the topic and we had some really good discussion and, and making sure that people are aware of what resources out there and how to properly make sure that you're doing this in your district. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. and why it's important. Yeah. All right. You, you would you would you unpack uh, your biggest concern or what's on your mind with K twelve tech right now? Like kind of forward thinking stuff. Well, we have many challenges, but I think one of the big ones that's not a surprise. I mean, it's cybersecurity or yes. security in general. Um, from a technology standpoint, there's things that she's another one you need to talk to. <laughs> 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 um, from a technology standpoint, there's things that, that we can do to prevent. We can put systems in place and programs and applications and firewalls and all this cool techie stuff. Um, but if you don't have the culture, right, the awareness within your staff and your people um, or your processes in place, mm -hmm. you know, you can spend millions of dollars on technology. Right. But, you know, right. again, your, your people are your yeah. human firewall. Yeah, for sure. I didn't want to say weakest so, yeah. link. You can take yeah. that. You can take that. <laughs> Not the weakest link, but, no, but, but they are. Yeah. No, and, and I think these events are also really good for me to see and, and humanizing why cybersecurity is important to us. And not just from a fight or flight standpoint, or like I could lose my job, but, but really from the perspective of the kids need us to be secure so that we can continue on with the day to day and also so that their future is protected. Um, that their information's not out there in the world when they try to get into the workforce. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Some of the challenges, you know, there's so many resources. And if you walk this floor, all kinds of digital tools and people come back excited. And then the IT people are telling you like, no, yeah. right. We already have three right. other programs that do that. But making them understand that if, if you have all these redundant systems, then your data is here, 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 here. And we need to make sure it's all protected yeah. and um, you know, it puts us more, makes us more vulnerable. So just making them understand that. And then our students are growing up in a very digital technology dependent world. They need to learn about this too. Yeah. Right. So we need to teach them how to be good data stewards, how to um, protect their data. What does it mean? I mean, they're online gaming, mm -hmm. using all kinds of shows, social media, and they're just checking off that box, right? Except terms and conditions, really not understanding what those programs I'm doing with their data. Right. So. We need to teach them too, so awareness is not just within our faculty and our, our staff, but our students and our families. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I, I'm asking an off-list question here, um, but going back from the past three years, because we're right at three years that the COVID lockdowns first started, um, I see that, and it's, I think we're in cleanup mode right now, and I'll say this on the podcast last week, is that we're now pairing back all of the applications because there was like an app grab. Do you oh, find like yourself all the rules went out the yeah, window, everything. like procedures, yeah. throw them out. Like we just needed to get things rolling. So yes, a lot of cleanup. And I think this was the year for us at San Antonio ISD where we felt like we just talked like about inventory, um, had a good handle on inventory before. And then everybody just started giving out, you get a Chromebook, you get a Chromebook. And then it's like, Where did the, what happened with the inventory? You know. Yeah. And then the kids kept them throughout the summer. And um, so we're finally getting to a point where it's kind of back to where it was. Yeah. Um, still working on the application piece, but that is an initiative that we have for this year. So we have a software vetting process. We're calling it our 2.0 software vetting process. Cool. I like it. We, we got to go back and do some cleanup. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Eva, thank you for hanging out with us. Congratulations. And I still can't believe Mark didn't know who Jack was from Darknet Diaries. Yeah. Mark, she said bad things about you before oh, we hit no. the record button. <laughs> <laughs>
right, we're here with a couple of great people. We've got Monica and Tim. Uh, where are you guys from? What do you do? I'm Monica. I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm Senior Director of Learning Innovation with One Ed Tech. And I'm Tim. I live in Alpharetta, Georgia, and I'm the VP of K-12 Programs for One Ed Tech. Okay, cool. So what, what does your company do? Well, we're actually not a company. We're a nonprofit okay. organization. Um, we're a membership organization. And so what we do on the K-12 team is we work specifically with the schools, uh, school districts, state education agencies around supporting integrations and interoperability. Awesome. Uh, our membership includes um, vendor partners that our school districts and our state agencies use um, that you're familiar with, like your learning management system, your student information system. And we also have higher education members. So our members come, they join for the professional community, supporting interoperability standards. And what happens is through the community, they realize that they might inside of their district have a need for their assessment department to benefit from the standards. So awesome. we don't produce um, products. We don't do that. We really think of it as kind of the instructions that allow for the interoperability to take place. Yeah. And then I would say in the last few years, because of COVID, we've seen tremendous interest around the student data privacy Absolutely. work that we do yeah. and just really how that is impacting the classroom. And so a lot of our members are interested in that work as well. Yeah, we, we've been having a lot of conversations over the past couple of weeks about simplifying and, and bringing into one space for the sake of privacy. And I think that's a great service you all offer. Yeah, it's, you know, we'd like to think about pre-COVID versus, yeah. and I don't think we've realized, we knew before COVID what districts and states were dealing with as far as all of the applications, but I don't think anyone could have imagined what happened during COVID, all the free resources and a lot of our members refer to that as like the wild, wild. Place. Yes. And navigating that yeah. and, and just having a community to support you. And so, you know, we're really proud of that work and vetting that, that lift for our members. Um, I mean, we have over 9,000 applications right. and extensions vetted. It would take a really, really long time for yeah. a single person to do that. That's an awesome service. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. We were calling it the app grab. The COVID, <laughs> the COVID app grab. All right, Sorry. Chris, what do you got? Well, would you just talk about what brings you to Coastin? Is this your first time at the Coastin Conference? Do you come to this thing every single year? Would you speak to that a little bit? Um, well, I've had a lot of experience in different school districts. I worked in Forsyth County Schools in Georgia. I also worked in Chicago Public Schools. So in both of those um, experiences, I have been to Coastin many times collaborating with the other technology directors and people in instructional technology, as well as all of the providers that are here. I mean, it is a great community uh, to become part of in, in COSIN. So I feel like this is definitely one of those places where you yeah. want to come and meet your network of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the must list as far as conferences go. It's where everyone in doing this work, you find them, and, you know, build relationships, and yeah. build from the years past. And the sessions are great and the programming yeah. is really yeah, let's put that as another tick mark. Everyone says this is the place to be. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. What's up with that? We're on to something. <laughs> and you, I think you've kind of uh, already spoken to this, but on the roadmap, biggest concern or what's on your mind for K-12 tech? What should, what, if, 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 I, if and I am a K-12 tech department, what should be a big priority for me or one, two, three priorities for me this next year? Well, I think that one of them definitely is thinking about how you're maintaining the data privacy of the applications that you have within your district and then how you communicate that information to your teachers I think is really important because they should be invested in that as well and that's one of the things I think really helps out with our vetting is that teachers are able to see the results of, of the, the vetting to the applications that they want to use and then they can go to their tech department and say hey I would like to use this application and then see the results of that vetting and to determine, is this the best thing that I could be using with my students? Yeah. I do think that that's something to really uh, pay attention to. Um, I, AI, of course, is one thing that's on everybody's yeah. radar and everybody's talking about right now. Um, and then I also think making sure that you have a digital ecosystem of, of tools and resources that are interoperable and, and connected. And that's something that One EdTech can help out with. That's awesome. Now, are there any other names that people might recognize you 
um, from the past? Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. Um, uh, one EdTech, uh, we rebranded um, this process, and so many of your listeners might know us as IMS Global. Okay. Um, we were IMS Global for, for many, many years. Sure. I think that they're probably more familiar with some of our standards. Yeah. One roster. Yes. LTI, learning tools, interoperability. Yep. Um, QTI, we run the gamut on interoperability standards. And um, I think that that's what our community does is come yeah. together and make sure that they're all meeting each other's needs. Yeah. And so they're probably inadvertently even using the standards. Oh, for sure. And not knowing that when they're logging in and, you know, it's seamless, hopefully, um, that experience is coming through potentially a standard like one round. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that's really taken off among the OneEdTech community, because we've talked about these different standards, it's a lot. We have 12 specifications for interoperability. So to help our technology leaders have a better understanding about how these standards come together in their digital ecosystem, in their school districts, and in their institutions, we've designed a professional learning program called Tackle, Trusted App Certified Leader. And it, it engages um, the leaders in a way that they don't have to be so technical. They can also be the instructional leaders in a school district, but we do lead them through the five modules of our program. And um, at the end of that, they can earn certification that we call our tackle certification. I love it. How do I get involved? The best way to get involved is go to oneedtech.org or trustedapps.org and that will take you to our website and we can provide you more information about how to get engaged in OneEdTech. Chris, we're in the presence of greatness here. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is currently bowing down. (laughs) Well, thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Yeah, thanks. thanks. So, Chris, how's day one been? Well, it's been a day. It's been a day. We've been sitting at this table. Mark, Josh, I know you guys are going to listen to this thing. Eric, would you tell them that I've been doing a good job? He's been doing a great job. He, he needs a raise, guys. Uh, we just got to hang out with the one ed tech people. Yeah, that was incredible. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you're all using one roster, and we just talked with these people. They were very laid back. They just kind of mentioned one roster in passing. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. And then, I mean, we've dealt with some drifters today, people who've handwritten their name tags to get in here. It is the place to be, and they're all trying to get in here. We do want to give a quick little shout out to Classlink and kind of cool, cool little uh, connection here. A little Google search tells me that uh, one EdTech gave Classlink the 2022 Silver Learning Impact Award. Uh, we've unpacked with Classlink before on the podcast how much they care about. Uh, student data privacy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, how much how much work they do with with rostering and all yeah. that stuff. So kind of cool again to get to hang out with one EdTech, uh, and then we get to twist it and, and relate it to Classlink. Yeah. Well, everybody who's come through today, their topics have been security and student data privacy. Right. Everybody we've talked to. So that's been good. I think that's a good uh, wrap up of day one. I, apart from Chris almost losing our groceries this morning. It's been a good day. All right, Captain's Log. Is this day two or day three of the Coastal Conference? I don't even know anymore. He was up late partying last night. Not really. We turned in pretty early. Uh, we got to attend some sessions already today, yeah, this morning, whatever, however that is in the timeline of what this episode's going to be. Yeah. What did you To answer your question, you it do? is day two. Day yes. two? Yes. Um, I, I went to a great session on establishing a cybersecurity program for your high school students. For your high school students? Yeah. Um, I think the organization was Lakota, a cyber academy out of Ohio. Okay. I, I was really impressed. Uh, the kids basically being able to be hired right out of high school to work in SOCs. So they take a class and get a certification or just a credit or what? Yeah, they, I think they had three classes, Cyber 1, 2, and 3. And what was impressive to me is they were taught by um, previously an English teacher and a math teacher. So okay. repurposed. I was really impressed. All right. Who do we have here, Chris? I have no idea. <laughs> who do we have here? <laughs> I'm Melody Lamb. Okay. Um, I work at Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. And where's that at? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the song? North Carolina. Oh, that's Tech Nine. Come on, Chris. We can't do that here. <laughs> Put your hands up. No, no, that's not Tech Nine. That's Petey Pablo. P. 
Kitty Falvo. Is that right? Yes. You know? No, I don't. North Carolina. We'll cut this later. <laughs> <laughs> you I just talk. So. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> All right. So what, what brings you to the Coasting Conference? Um, so I actually presented with uh, Jake Standish. He's my boss um, on asynchronous uh, professional development that focuses on mastery instead of just compliance. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, is that for teachers? Who's the target audience of that? Um, so we kind of like attacked it from multiple angles. So there, we do asynchronous professional development for teachers. Um, at our district, we do uh, Canvas and yeah. uh, Google Workspace. Uh, we also talked a little bit about our uh, digital citizenship and how we load um, 143,000 students and ensure oh, wow. that it's continuously updated every night with new enrollments and changing enrollments. And then we also uh, talked about how we deployed a course for multi-factor authentication, which is kind of like, of course, a big thing yeah. in yeah. You know, district cybersecurity um, to all employees. And um, lastly, we talked about how we uh, standardized and created a course for our new tech contacts at our schools for inventory. Okay. Yeah. That's great. So how many students do you say you have? 143,000. Holy cow. Not not very many. Not very many. (laughs) Chris, how many you got? 2K. 2K, yeah. We're we're, we're small. You have a huge job. And a lot of what we've talked to people about is interoperability, syncing. We actually talked to the the people at, what's that company? Or what organization? One EdTech. One EdTech, yeah. IMS Global, previously known as that. Um, So that is a big topic here. Now, one of the questions we have is, what's your biggest concern or what's on your mind for K-12 Tech over the next year? Um, obviously, chat GPT is kind of like big, yeah. right? So uh, two weeks ago, I attended uh, NC Ties, which is a North Carolina uh, instructional technology conference. And there were like four or five sessions on like chat GPT. Um, I think... Also, uh, cybersecurity and privacy. Uh, there's, you know, you've seen those big. Um, come on in, come on in, grab stickers. We got the small. This will, hey, on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. this moment of awkwardness because you're being recorded. It's going to be like you're going to know that it was you giving me the big eyes, taking the sticker. It's great. Um, yeah. So, so uh, cybersecurity. Um, you saw those really large attacks on, the, you know, L.A. United, um, trying to think Denver yeah. has had one. So that's going to be really big in the sector, um, I think. And with, uh, you know, ChatGPT out there, it's becoming, unfortunately, a little easier to create, like, malware. Uh-huh. Um, you might want to cut that out. But I think also just, like... We're seeing a lot of attrition. I wouldn't call it attrition. People are leaving the education technology sector for the private sector. And that's going to become a problem as we are focusing on things like cybersecurity and data privacy. We need people who are knowledgeable, but people are leaving education for the private sector. So how are we going to fill in those knowledge gaps? You think we'll use AI to fill the cybersecurity role? It's going to be bots fighting bots. Um, you, <laughs> you guys know, just take care of it. That, that's, a, that's a really good idea and a good question. I think that AI does have a role in um, being able to predict potential cybersecurity issues and incidents and mitigate them. Um, I think that there's also, at this moment, there needs to be a human element in AI sure. because... AI is not foolproof. You've seen GPT create um, documentation or uh, letters or articles that are completely, they sound great mm-hmm. on paper and you're reading it and you're like, oh yeah, that's correct. World War II was yeah. in 1914. And it's like, no, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there still needs to be a human element in you know, using AI and then also like the ethics of using AI, yeah. right? So as a computer science teacher, I used to teach about ethics in you know computing and um, AI is created by humans and humans are as much as we don't like to admit it biased uh-huh. and so there needs to be some human element to check and you know make sure that our, our usage of AI is ethical and that it's not introducing or creating biases right 
right? So, yeah, it, it can be a reflection of us, the humans and the biases we have for sure. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I love it. Do you think the good bot is going to calculate that he might as well join the bad bot? <laughs> All right, we're cutting Chris is off. That, we're cutting what is this, thing. a Skynet thing? Oh, like, man. I don't know. I mean, it, or, or uh, wait, what's that? What's that? Um, oh, it's like, there's a story called, um, I have no mouth and can't, I can't scream. <laughs> and, oh, the bot's called AM. Okay. And, like, basically, this this one AI takes over all the other AIs, kills off humanity except for five people. And we just got tortured. So. I think, we need, to, I think we, need, we need to keep her around. Let's, let's do the outro music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. You're All right, here we go. We have Dan and Dana here, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about what they're doing at Gardner, right? Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, well, hi, my name is Dana Aravich, and I lead the education practice here at Gardner. Um, and I have Dan Stoneman here with me as well, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, this is Dan Stoneman, and I work on Gardner's education team, and happy to be here at Coaching this year. All right, so... At Gardner, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I think a lot of people know who you are and what you do, but in terms of the education team, what do you all do? Yeah, absolutely. So we are serving the higher education and K-12 markets specifically. Uh, we work with technology leaders primarily in our practice, but Gardner also offers an enterprise solution working cross-stakeholder. Um, and so Dan is actually our partner that services our CIOs and technology leaders that are partnering with us. If you'd like to expand a little bit. Sure, and Gartner is just a behemoth company. We started as a research organization in 1979, and we've grown dramatically since then. Our DNA is still research. We have about 2,500 folks on our research team, 17,000 folks worldwide. And um, I had a career as a startup person and then as a CIO in education. Okay. And uh, Gartner called me and said, hey, we're starting this vertical, this education vertical. It's about four and a half years ago. And would you like to come join our education vertical? So the idea with my job is to work as a peer with other CIOs in education across the country and just have peer-to-peer conversations, strategic conversations, and someone to bounce ideas off. Cool. Yeah, and I'll add on that a little bit. So the last two years in particular, uh, we've been working to expand our K-12 practice. And so as we were standing up the vertical, one of the things that we did was we really took an assessment to understand what's what are the differences between the sub-segments within the industry to build a practice more around each of those to be more relevant and delivering value to our customers. Awesome. Well, I know that we, I mean, we pay attention. Uh, we want to look at those reports that you provide. If we're looking at antivirus, whatever it is that we're looking at, if we're looking at networking solutions, uh, we're paying attention to what you guys have kind of said. Yeah. All of our vendors always will go back to saying, hey, look at the quadrants. Uh, look at the quadrants. Um, <laughs> yes. So I think that's a lot of what we know about what you do. Uh, so, from this perspective and you being here in education, what brings you to the COSIN conference this year? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, we're, we're thrilled to be here. This is the second time that we've participated in the conference. Um, and what really brings us here is an opportunity to network with our customers, to network with some of the vendors in the space, and to better understand some different perspectives coming into the industry as well as contribute to those perspectives as well. Well, yeah, for myself, this has been... Um, uh, a lifeline at Gardner to be informed about K-12 as well as for throughout my career, uh, events like COSIN help to inform us as practitioners. And so we want to stay abreast of what's going on in the industry and as well as we have a, a bunch of clients here we're just trying to support. Yeah. All right. You is, there, is there anything coming down the pipe uh, that you see changing in K-12 tech or the current thing that we really need to be paying attention to? Oh, gosh, changing in K-12 tech. Well, um, there's this little thing called chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> little. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so something like that. So this is why I love my job, right? Yep. So um, something like chat GPT, it's just all this hullabaloo in the industry. And you're like, what? how do you contextualize this? And how do you frame it and think about it for yourself and the broader world? And so at Gartner, what, what we had the advantage of doing, what I had the advantage of doing is looking throughout our entire research base and finding people like Svetlana Sikular, who does nothing but AI research on our team. She's one of those 2,500 people, her and a bunch of other AI researchers. And so with her, we were able to take our research and, and new research and contextualize it. So it's not just where, what is ChatGPT and what do you do about it, but 
where does it sit as one of the seven types of AI that researchers are looking at right now? It's generative AI. What is generative AI? How does that fit within AI? And then how does ChatGPT work? And then we also have education publications, because everyone's like, we need more information, yeah. on exactly what would be some recommendations for things like ChatGPT and education. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes okay. here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So we have a local celebrity, bigger than local, really. No, national. National celebrity. A repeat. Yes. And you're 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 off into retirement soon. No, I'm already retired. You're already retired. How yeah. how how many years? Yeah, I uh, retired in 2019 okay. from LA. And now introduce yourself because you've been on here oh, before. I'm, yes, I'm Shari Arkazi. Okay. And uh, so I spent, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We went through it in the last part yes. with our podcast. But yeah, it was just my entire career was in one school district, one giant school That's district. That's crazy. But I got a chance to bounce around from department to department and, and learn the business of education. But since then, I work mostly with nonprofit organizations like COSEN. Yep. And uh, Council of Great City Schools. Those are my two. Uh, and and so, so let's unpack two things. Let's unpack. So you're at the COSIN conference. You're involved in COSIN. Why COSIN? What do you do? And, and why? what would you tell to someone that's that's the new person, the new K-12 sure. person, why they should get involved with COSIN? Right. I think one of the uh, really benefits from COSIN is the rich content that COSIN uh, curates and provides its members. Okay. Uh, I have always been impressed with um, the relationship that Coulson has with other organizations, sister organizations, uh, and uh, the con content quality of the content that they've developed uh, or we develop. Um, so um, I didn't have much time to be active when I was, you yeah. know, gainfully employed with uh, with LA Unified. But since then, since I, you know, had the time. Uh, I wanted to participate more, so I um, uh, ran to for a board seat uh, at COSIN, uh, at and um, it's been great to also kind of get a feel for the inner workings of the organization yes. and how they work, but they have access to great resources, mostly ex very experienced uh, school district uh, 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 staff, you know, ex-CIOs, academics, and um, and and and, and also, I think COSIN is one of the very few organizations where the, the, the structure of the conference is very vendor-friendly, mm -hmm. but not to the extreme where the vendors dominate and run. Right. It's, a, it's a very collaborative between vendors and school districts. You know, yeah. They partner in their presentations. And the, <laughs> um, the COSIN... Um, encourages vendors to always um, uh, present their uh, do their presentations in uh, and educate they spend you know put more effort into educating the participants rather than just doing sales yep. pitches sales pitches and, and in fact uh, the the conference the floor where the exhibits are they actually shut it down uh, during the sessions because yes. they want they want the vendors to sit in on mm -hmm. the presentation. You know, we noticed that, but we yeah. don't know why. Like, that's when no one would hang out yeah. with us here. Right. They, because they, they're encouraging them not to. They want the vendors to participate uh, in the sessions, and they, wanna ha they want them to have equal voice, voice when there are discussions about topics. That's great. And I think that's very unique uh, with, with COSEN, and, and I think that's really valuable. But, uh, and, and then members, COSEN uh, members, have access you know, uh, to the portal, and you have to authenticate. But there's tons of tons of really great materials there. I am um, uh, I'm, I'm doing two different grants related to interoperability. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of efforts sponsored by um, uh, Chan Zuckerberg Foundation, uh, Michael and Susan Dell Foundation, and Gates Foundation about uh, similar to healthcare. You mm -hmm. know, in, you know, encouraging vendors to incorporate uh, interoperability as as part of their architecture, so that LMS and SIS can yep. SIS systems can integrate with their product uh, for authentication, authorization, file sharing, and all that. And um, you know, we really leveraged uh, the the COSAN content uh, that has been developed over the years. And then we also have this initiative to 
circle back and refresh and make sure that the content is constantly looked right. at every couple right. of years to make sure that, you know, interoperability standards of 10 years ago have yeah. really evolved, you know, and, uh, and it needs to be looked at and refreshed. So, yeah. so there's a lot of commitment uh, to making resources available yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the members. So, so I know that you have to go pretty yeah. soon. So last question, and this is kind of a big question, though you might be here for another 30 minutes, Uh-oh. but as, you, as you've gotten on the horse of retirement and you're riding off into the distance, into the, into the sunset, you're still here, you're still involved, you're still impacting. What do you see as like the big thing or the couple big things that, again, K-12 tech departments should really be paying attention to right now? Well, um, you know, just, just looking at the floor in here, about one third of the exhibits are uh, cybersecurity yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, vendors, and I think that's on the top of the mind of every CIO in the K twelve CIO in the country, considering mm-hmm. the number of districts that have been hit uh, this last two years. So I think that's a big thing. I think the districts need to look at uh, how to um, um, put themselves in a in a more um, a kind of a secure, solid posture, and and not be afraid of. Uh, looking at uh, like managed services, end-to-end support. Uh, state agencies are offering a lot of free services. I think security, cybersecurity, obviously, yeah. is a big thing. Um, and and along with that, I think uh, comes a focus on um, IOTs. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of stuff going into the uh, into the schools, not just on the instructional side, but also on the business side. Uh, facilities departments are buying uh, refrigerators and freezers and ovens that all want to be connected. So being focused on what's establishing standards or adopting standards and making sure that those contracts all include those those in them. Uh, and then obviously the big topic is the chat GPT and, yeah. and what that does to the instruction world. But I think that is basically uh, in uh, for the IT is... Do we want to block it or do we want to open right. it? Yes. <laughs> that, that, is easy, yep. that is not a question for IT uh, yep. to yep. answer. It's it's the this district needs to. Yep. Uh, sure. But but obviously IT needs to participate and be part of that yep. that whole thing. But uh, awesome. those are those are well, at least comes to my mind as top of my mind. So Chris said he had one more question. We do have another question. You mentioned you needed to say something to Mark. What was it? I don't know why. What, number one, why isn't he here? <laughs> number one. Number, number one. one. I mean, you know. We really, it's disappointing. Yes. Are you disappointed in Mark? I'm very disappointed in Mark. I think, Me you too. Know, you know, he was very quick with his uh, uh, dad joke this morning. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's, what's, what's going on. Yeah. But, uh, he's a, yeah, he's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Congratulations yeah, yeah. on retirement. Thank you very much. Well, I'm see not going to stop working because yeah. I don't want my mind to to get lazy, and uh, so I I, I, I want to stay involved. It's always been a, a, a fun to to work with my colleagues here, yeah. and and it's great. But I'm going to see Mike uh, Mark in about a week and a half. So, okay. Okay. Uh, and Friday after next. Okay. So, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. a lot. You guys enjoy. It's good to meet you.